Gemara, Shabbat, Daf Mem Dalet, Masechet Shabbat, dedicated by Benjamin Stavrash, Today's Daf Mem Dalet, being studied, Le'ilun Nishmat, Ezra Ben Victoria, Ruach Adonai, Tenihenu, Began Eden, Amen, Mr. Eddie Misri, Alav Shalom, great, a community leader, uh, founder of the Ilan Girls High School over 20 years ago, Baal uh, Sedaka, and of course a uh, great Baal Hesed, uh, raised an incredible family and uh, children and grandchildren. And today, Be'ezrat Hashem, he will be buried in Eres Israel. He should get there safely and in peace. And Bechiper Admato Amo. And we pray that uh, everything should go well. And of course, we wish our greatest condolences to his great wife, Tuni. May she live and be well. And to the children, Abiyahu, uh, Alex, and of course the girls, uh, Victoria and uh, Pauline and Elise, and uh, may Hashem uh, give them consolation as well. We begin Tina Hayim Amen. That's Ezra. Ben Victoria. I'll just make sure that I said all the names Victoria, uh, Sadie, Pauline, and Elise, and of course, cousin Alex. Okay, Rabotai, we begin today's daf. On Mem Dalid, and we are at the Mishnah. Matnitin, metaltelin ner hadash, avalo yashan. Rabbi Shimon Omer, kol hanerot metaltelin, chutz min haner hadolek beshabbat. First part of our Mishnah talks about ner. Keep in mind, Rabbi, when we say ner, it's the receptacle, it's the vessel that they put the oil and the wick in. It's not the flame. Ner is the receptacle. So the Mishnah says that a receptacle, a ner that hasn't been used ever, that's called ner hadash. So it's not ma'usra, she says. It's not disgusting. It doesn't have the oil absorbed into it. Uh, it's still brand new, never used. So therefore, the Tanakamava Mishnah says, you can use it for other things. And therefore, it's not considered mukseh, avalo yashan. And the reason why the old one isn't good is because you're not going to use it for anything else because it's ma'uz, especially if it's pottery and it's porous and it absorbs the oil. So therefore, it's disgusting for any other use. This is called mukseh mahmat mi'us. And that's the opinion of Tanakama. However, the Mishnah says that Rabbi Shimon Omer, 
כל הנרות מטלטלים, even נר ישן. So clearly this is another indication of what we always say that the Bisham on uh, is lenient in Mukseh. When they say let le Mukseh, meaning he has leniencies in Mukseh, this would be one of them. That he does not hold of Mukseh Mahmat Mi'us. Chutz menaner adolek beshabbat. That's except for a ner that was dolek over Shabbat. That means the ner was lit uh, through Shabbat. So as long as it's still lit, it's going to be forbidden. Again, we'll see in the Gemara that according to the Bisham On, that after it extinguishes and goes out, it'll be permissible again uh, to use the oil as well as the the ner, Bishamon only is osedit while it's actually lit. Gemara, Tanura Banan, Metaltelin ner hadash abaloyashan devrer bihuda. Okay, so now we have a identity of who the Tanakama of our Mishnah is. It's Rabbi Yehuda. Because the Braita says again, ner hadash metaltelin, ner yashan no. And the reason again being because of. Mukse Mahmat Mi'us. Rabbi Meir Omer, Kol Hanerot Metaltelin, Hutzmin Haner, Shedlikubo Beshabbat. So Rabbi Meir says over here there's no problem of Nerot to be Metaltel, whether they're new or old. So clearly Rabbi Meir does not hold of Mukse Mahmat Mi'us. However, Hutzmin Haner, Shedlikubo Beshabbat. Except when it comes to the Ner. Uh, that they lit for Shabbat, I mean they lit it before Shabbat, according to the Bimi'id, it's going to be forbidden to be metaltel that ner even after it extinguished. Rabbi Shimon Omer, chutz min haner hadolek b'Shabbat, that clearly the Bishamon does not hold, we learned already in our Mishnah of Muksimach Matni'us, and furthermore, Ner HaDolek. Ner HaDolek is the Ner that was actually when it's lit for the Shabbat. However, Kavta, once it becomes extinguished, Mutar L'Taltela. So that's the Shita of Rabbi Shimon. That the fact that it was lit through Ben HaMashimashot going into Shabbat does not Osed the Ner for the rest of the Shabbat. It's only Osed it when it's Dolek. There was Rabbi Meir, he said, uh, And Rabbi Shimon's Lashon was, So you see there's a difference between the Lashon here. Rabbi Meir says, Once Rabbi Meir holds its Muqseh for the whole Shabbat, even after it was extinguished. Rabbi Shimon says, Only when it's actually lit. It's going to be asur. However, kavta once it extinguishes, mutal letal tela aval kos vekeara ba'ashashit. Kos is a big cup uh, made out of glass, and they would madlik in it. They would light in it, or a keara or ashashit. It's like a lantern, and they filled it with oil. Lo yizizem mekomam. You cannot move them even after they become extinguished. Of course, the Gemara is going to have to explain to us the difference. Between these items, why the Bishamon says that after they're extinguished, they remain mukseh. The Rabbi Eliezer, the Bishamon, that's the son of the Bishamon, Omer, 
מסתפק מן הנר הקבה. He's lenient. He says that as long as the נר, even though it's still lit, is uh, dwindling, the, the light is diminishing, so at that point you're allowed to take from the oil. ומן השמן המטפטף, and from the oil that drips outside of the נר, ואפילו בשעה שהנר דולק, even when the נר is still uh, lit. Now, everybody agrees you cannot take oil from the נר when it's still lit, because that would be a form of extinguishing, because when you take the oil, it causes the נר uh, to light a little dimmer. Uh, however, the be in the Ezra the Bidi Bishamon holds that uh, it's okay if it started to dim already. So if it started to dim already, you're allowed to take from the oil. And he holds that even when it's still lit, some of the oil dripped out, you're allowed to benefit from that oil. So you see, the B in the Ezid is more lenient than his father. The Gemara will point that out immediately. Amar Abayyeh, the B in the Ezid bin Rabbi Shimon, Sabarla ka'avu bahada. He holds like his father in one respect. Upalig alav Behadam, he argues on him another respect. Again, you see that he's lenient when it comes to the rules of Mukseh. Therefore, he holds, for example, that something that went into Shabbat, Mukseh does not remain Mukseh the whole Shabbat. Like Rabbi Shimon holds that the Ned, even though Ben Hashem Ashot was Mukseh, once it extinguishes, it becomes permissible. It should be the Ezra holds even more than his father. The Bishamon holds only after it extinguishes, it's permissible to use the Ned. However, Rabbi Eliezer says, As we learned, he holds even lo kava. Not only can you take the oil, he said, from it, but also the oil that was metaftef, we learned according to the Bishamon earlier on yesterday's daf, that the Bishamon says that you cannot use that oil that was metaftef even uh, as long as the ned is still lit. Of course, once the ned is extinguished, it will be permissible. So you see that the Ezzet argues on his father on that, that the oil that was metaftef, it's permissible to use uh, as well. Uh, if you look at the Rashi, that she says, She says that he only allowed us to use the leftover oil uh, from the Ned, uh, is only talking about after Kaba, whereas according to the Bidi Ezer, He's matir even lo kaba. Aval kos vekara vaashashit lo yizizem memekomam. Maishena hane. So this is the question that we asked right away when we learned the Baraita. So it says that the Bisham on, it sounds like it's the Bisham on, was osed uh, the usage of a ner that you use in a kos or an ashashit or a keara. Even after they extinguished. Even after they extinguished, what's the reason for that? Which means, according to, we learned already, according to the B. 
Shimon that once it's extinguished, he's matir. So why does he make a chiluk between kos ke'aran ashashit? Amar ula sefa atan l'rabi Yehuda. Hadush. He says that that shita is going according to the B Yehuda. Really, the B Shimon is matir. Kos, ashashit, ke'arat, just like he's matir the ner after it extinguishes. That part of the Braita is going back to the B Yehuda. Because the B Yehuda and the Braita, the way you have to read it like this, I guess, is the beginning of the Braita, he said, ner yashan is asur. Because it's muksem machmat mi'us. And now the Braita is going back on the B Yehuda and telling another halakha. That something that went through the Shabbat, Ben Hashem Ashot, Mukseh, remains Mukseh uh, the whole Shabbat. So the Gemara says, that can't be. Matkifla Morzutra, Ihache Mai Aval. The word Aval doesn't work because it sounds like that Ner would be permissible according to the Behuda. Aval, Ashashit, and Kosen Ka'ara, Asud. That's not so. According to the Behuda, there's no difference between Ner. And these other vessels. So the Chaurah, this word Aval, sounds like there's another case that goes through Ben Hashem that will be permissible. Not according to Be'uda, nothing is permissible when it goes through Ben Hashem Hashot So it must be the Bishimon. So we have to make a Chiluk in the Bishimon himself. The Gemara does that. Ela Amar Morzutra, Le'olam Rabbi Shimon. Vechi Kashadi Rabbi Shimon, Bener Zuta. So the Gemara comes along and says that Rabbi Shimon was matir, something that uh, he can anticipate is going to go out on Shabbat. Like a small ner. So even though Ben Hashem Mashot, it was lit, and it's Mukseh Ben Hashem Mashot, obviously, but he knows that it's going to go out because it's a small receptacle. So when he anticipates that it's going to go out, and it indeed goes out, then the Bishwam will say it's not Mukseh. But these other items, the fisha, the Gemara says, they're large. There's a lot of oil in them, and therefore he doesn't anticipate them to go out on Shabbat at all. So therefore, in his mind, they remain Mukseh even after they extinguish. So basically, the difference is going to be the size, and the size uh, then affects uh, the anticipation factor, and that, of course, affects whether it's going to be Mukseh or not. The Gemara says, But doesn't it say, In a Braita, Motara Shemen Shebener, Veshebekeara Asur, Verebishem on Matir. Here it says that the remaining oil in the Ner and the Keara, which is something bigger, Rabishem on is Matir. So it sounds like Rabishem does not make a Chiluk uh, between a Ner and a Keara, actually puts it together, Ner and Keara. So Gemara says, "Nahatam ke'arad dumiyad dener." Yeah, over there it puts the ke'arad next to the word ner. It's talking about a small ke'arad, and therefore Rabbi Shimon will be matir. Haka ke'arad dumiyad dekos. Over here in Albraita, it put ke'arad next to the word kos, and therefore it's like a kos is something big. The ke'arad is big, so therefore ke'arad can go either way. You just have to learn it according to the context what it's placed next to. So if the Ka'ara is placed next to a Ned, that has a Deen of a Ned. Of course, it's smaller. And if it's put next to a course, then it's bigger. So the Bishamon in the Hanami does agree to that Hiluk between a bigger item and a smaller item. Gemara now uh, goes into a, uh, another statement of Rabbi Zerah. 
pamot. Now, what is a pamot? A pamot is a a metal vessel, as she says. Menorashil matechet ve'ena meusa. We learned earlier. Whenever we talk about maus, it's talking about something that the oil gets absorbed into it, something that's porous, like heres, pottery. Mashi'enken, something that's metallic, uh, it's it doesn't it doesn't get uh, absorbed inside. We just clean it out, and it's uh, it's fine. So the deen is that a pamot shedliku bo b'shabbat that you lit with it over the Shabbat, matir, and according to the opinion, that's matir, ner uh, yashan, that's Rabbi Meir actually in the last b'raita uh, that we had, that Rabbi Meir was the one that said he does not make a haluk between ner hadash and ner yashan, so he says asur, he's going to osir this pamot uh, after it extinguishes. Why is he going to say it? He said because he holds that you have a deen of muksem mahmat isur, which means even though he did not hold a muksem mahmat mius, however he holds muksem mahmat isur. Again, at this point over here, they're assuming that this pamot also has a mius factor, and therefore, although it'll be matirit uh, um, from that standpoint, that it's yashan that it was used already. Uh, he doesn't hold of mi'us, but he's going to hold of uh, the muqsim mahmat isur, and therefore since it was lit over Shabbat, it's going to be uh, forbidden even after it extinguished. Now, the devreha oser, now according to the one that was oser ned yashan, which is Rabbi Yehuda, he's the one that said ned yashan is ma'us, however, mutar, he'll hold that after it extinguishes Rabbi Yehuda, it'll be mutar, which is a hadushi, the Gemara is saying that although Rabbi Yehuda was mahmir legabem muqsim mahmat mi'us, he is not mahmir legabem muqsim mahmat isu, and therefore will hold that after it extinguishes, it'll be uh, permissible. The Gemara says, uh, now, uh, it should be pointed out that uh, why would it be permissible after it extinguishes? So obviously he doesn't hold of Muqsem Mahmat Isur, but what about the fact that it's Ma'us? You have to say that according to the Bihuda, metal does not become Ma'us after it's used, and therefore it's not considered uh, Ma'us anymore. Uh, the only issue was that it was lit over the Shabbat, and if he doesn't hold the Muqsem Mahmat Isur, so you're not going to have a, uh, a problem. That's the... Um, Rashi points that out. Shel matechet lo ma'is, kegon shel nehoshet de lo bala. It doesn't, uh, it doesn't absorb. Why we did Rashi before that? The devreha oser Rabbi Yehuda oser beneri yashan shel cheres atamu de ma'is, aval aka shari velet lemukse mahmat isur. Therefore, Rabbi Yehuda does not hold of mukse mahmat isur. The Gemara says lememra. You want to tell me that the Yehuda says that he holds of Muqsim Mahmat Mi'us but doesn't hold of Muqsim Mahmat Isur? Is that so bad, Tanya? Rabbi Yehuda Omer, Kol Hanerot Shel Matechet Metaltelin That you're allowed to use any Ner of Matechet whether it's new or old because Matechet does not become Ma'us. Chutz Except 
for a ner that was lit through the Shabbat. If we clearly see holes, Muksem Mahmat Isur. The Gabra says, Ela i itmar hachi itmar. If you want to understand the statement, you have to say it like this Amar bizera pamot, back to that metal uh, uh, ner. Shidli ko alab be Shabbat, and you lit it over the Shabbat. Devrea kol, whether you hold like the Bihuda or the Bimeir, Asur. Why? Because they both hold Muksem Mahmat Isun even after it extinguishes. But if you didn't uh, light it over the Shabbat, everybody will say Mutar even if it's old because this is not an issue of Ma'us. Even the Bihuda will be Mekel. So let's just review Rabotai. Uh, the shitot, just to get clear, we have basically uh, four shitot that we just learned on this amud. Let's try to summarize them quickly. Rabbi Yehuda holds Muksem Mahmat Mi'us, and he also holds Muksem Mahmat Isur. Rabbi Mi'ir will hold Muksem Mahmat Isur, but he does not hold the Muksem Mahmat Mi'us. Uh, Rabbi Shimon does not hold of either, not Muqsim Ahmad Mi'us and not Muqsim Ahmad Isud. However, he is strict that as long as it's lit, you cannot use the ner or the oil. And the third shita is to be the Ezeb and the Shimon that he holds that it's only Asur while it's lit. I'm sorry, but even while it's lit, it'll be permissible to take oil as long as it started to dwindle or the oil that dripped off, he holds that it's permissible uh, as well. So therefore, he is the most lenient of the shito. Amar Rav Yehuda, Amar Rav. Mita sheyeheda lemaot asul taltela. So here you have a sort of bed, and you designated that bed just through designation that you're going to use it for uh, money. So that's called hazmana, and even though you never put any money on it uh, at all, but you have designated it for something that's isud. Ma'ot is clearly mukseh. And therefore the bed becomes mukseh over the Shabbat. Metive, the Gemara says, Rav Nachman bar Yitzhak, metaltelin ner hadash, aval lo yashan. Clearly, it says that ner hadash, it's permissible to be metaltel, but you cannot, uh, now the assumption is this is a ner hadash, although it was designated for ner, but you didn't light it yet. And this is something that's omed to be used for a ner, and still they're telling you it's metaltel. So the designation doesn't mean anything. A bed should be better. A bed is not omed to have ma'ot on it. And why should it become more asur? And mukseh, because you're designated, it should not be worse than the ner. If a ner hadash is mutar, and clearly that's used, going to be designated for a something that's mukseh, so the bed for sure should be mutar. She says, Now obviously, the opinion that we're discussing over here is Rabbi Yehuda, because he's the one that's mahmir. Alma lo mitzar bazmana, he doesn't care about hazmana. She says, beautiful, do you care? The Gemara says, ner hadash. Now it's looking for the forbidden one. Aval lo yashan. Why do you have to say lo yashan? You should just say, aval 
lo amiyuhad lekach, but not the one that you designated. If you're looking for the case of Isur, you can give me the case of, uh, uh, find me a case in Hadash itself. Say, metatalin ner Hadash. That's a case we'll say where you never even designated it. And then say, velo amiyuhad lekach. The fact that he had to jump to Yashan, that means one that was used already, smashma that Yehud is not going to be uh, not going to be enough. That's the way uh, to, uh, that she learns. Now the Gemara says our point that we mentioned. Uman ner avida, you know, a ner that's made for that, and still what? Kilo hidlikba shari that as long as you didn't actually light from it, you didn't actually light it, it's going to be permissible, even though you might have designated it. Mita delav laachi avida, the bed that's not for that purpose to hold money. Lo kol sheken. So the Gemara cannot accept that a bed just because of designation to put something that really is not normally placed on it, like money, is going to forbid the bed. So the Gemara adjusts the uh, statement. It says like this: Ela i itmar hachi itmar. If you want to learn it, so learn it like this. Amar of Yehuda, Amar Rav, Mita she hada lemaot. You designated to put money on it. Veniyah alehem maot, and you actually put money on it, even during the week. I don't care when you put it on it. The point is that it was a designated and it was used even once. Uh, now you cannot use it on Shabbat even if there's no money on it anymore because bottom line you designated it and you put the money on it it becomes forbidden if you never place the money on it because designation is not going to forbid it uh, uh, alone now if you never designated the bed to put money on it so now we make a chiluk yes if there's money on the bed going into Shabbat, so then it's forbidden to use. However, even if you put money on it before Shabbat, I don't care. But bottom line, it was never designated. And now going into Shabbat, there was no money on it. So long as there was no money on it, which means not only can it not be on a Shabbat to be permissible, it's got to not be on it through the Ben Hashem As long as it was not on it, Ben Hashem it'll be mutad. So let's read the uh, Rashi on the top of the Amur over here. Rashi says, Once you designate it and you put money on it, even behold, that means you designate it for Isur, even if you took them, if the money went off it, it's going to be asur. Exactly. Over there, that the biyuda was matir, ner shel matechet, meaning a ner shel matechet. The reason why he permitted it was because over there there was no there was no designation. So therefore, uh, he said that a, a ner shel matechet. That after it went out, he 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 had no problem. Uh, that it, it was permissible. Why? Because over there there was no yehud. As long as there was no yehud, uh, you have no problem. Velodami again, as she says, the nishal matechet, the shari be yehuda, the hatam, 
Belo Yihado, exactly. It was never uh, it was never designated Isur. Rabbi Uda, if you remember, was Matir, a ner uh, uh, a, 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 um, a of Mateket that was used once because he held that it's not a problem of uh, Maus. Okay, but what about the fact that you made a Yehud on it? So he says, no, that case with you didn't make Yehud. So if you never were Miyahed, even though you used it, bottom line on Shabbat now it wasn't used, so it's going to be uh, permissible. Which comes out according to Dashi, which is the point to make to make that if you have a net of matechet that was miyahed lahadlaka, you designated it for hadlaka, then uh, it'll be considered uh, it'll be considered mukse, uh, and you have to say that that according to the biuda that was matir is only to about a net that he was not miyahed lahadlaka. Right, and even though technically you could use this for a heter purpose, doesn't matter since you were miyahedit for an isur purpose, and you have to say that it was lit once. That's it; it becomes designated for that purpose, and it's going to be so. Even though technically you could use it for something else, according to Yehuda, it's going to be uh, asur. That's the shita of uh, the shita of Rashi. In any event, that she continues and says, "Lo maot." That's en maot b'Shabbat. So there's no maot on it on Shabbat. Even though there was money on it during the week, because bottom line there was no yichud. But of course, if it was on b'Shemashod, then it's going to be asur. So that's the that's the reconciliation of that. Okay, Gemara now uh, asks a question. Now, this is a question from a Mishnah in Masechet Kelim. Uh, this is a uh, not a complicated Mishnah, but there's a lot of laws that are really not germane to Masechet Shabbat, but if we're learning it, we have to learn the Mishnah in its entirety. So let's learn the Mishnah first in its entirety, and then we'll try to figure out where the question uh, is coming from. This is a Mishnah in Masechet Kelim, in the Perik Yudchet Mishnah Bet. The question is asked from Ula, Amar Ula, Mativ Rabbi Al-Azhar, Rabbi Al-Azhar asked the following question. I'm reading the Mishnah. Mukhni Shela. Mukhni Shela, Mukhni literally means its wheel. What are we talking about? So we're talking about over here a Sheda. A Shida is a type of wagon. It's like a square wagon. as a base, it has a roof on top. It was actually used as a um, as a transport, like a wagon with wheels on it. Men and women would go inside of it, and they would transport them from place to place. It's an old type of uh, mobile. So this has a wheel, and the question over here is, how do you look at this wheel? Is the wheel considered part of the uh, uh, sheda, or is it considered a separate entity? That's going to depend on if it can be removed or not. 
Now she says in his time they had these type of uh, mobiles that you were able to remove the muchni from it, the wheel from it. And therefore, if that's the case, it has a separate status. And it's not really considered the same status as the shidam. We'll see what the nafkaminot are. That's the Mishnah talking. When it's removable, so then in heiburla, it's not considered attached to the shidah. And therefore, legabe uh, tum'ah, if the shidah's mekabel tum'ah, it's not going to impact the muchni. However, um, and as a result of that, Rashi's Lashon is in Hiburla, meaning Rashi, the Hashuvai Kli La'atzma. It's considered its own Kli. The Ishidabat Kibulet Tum'ah, meaning if the Shida is the size that's able to receive, uh, susceptible to Tum'ah, Rashi gives you a Shi'ur, it has to be a certain, it cannot be big, that can hold 40 Se'ah of, uh, of, uh, of water. Then the uh, teba is susceptible. However, even if the teba becomes teba, it's not going to affect the muhni. Lon nitma muhni. Fine. Now, if let's say the opposite, let's say the shida is big enough, it could hold more than 40 se'ah belah, and therefore it's not susceptible to tum'ah, but something touches the muhni, the muhni will become uh, teba because it's not connected to the, to the shida. Because since it's uh, since it's removable, so that's the first the first rule. The second rule is en nibnedet ima. It is not measured with it. We're talking about over here, like we learned, uh, in order to to have a, a sheda be mekabel tumah, it has to be less than a certain size. However, if it can contain forty seah of water inside of it, it's considered too big, and therefore such an item is not considered mekabel tumah. Now, one of the ways that you measure it is, is not that you fill it up with um, with uh, water, is that you drop it into a keli that can hold uh, 40 se'ah. Uh, that means you also include uh, the thickness of the sheda itself, the part that really doesn't contain anything, but that's considered part of its size, and therefore, you drop that in, and if it fits into that uh, um, receptacle that can hold 40 se'ah of la, then the muhni is already big enough, and therefore, it will not be susceptible to tum'ah. Since the muhni is detachable, you don't use that as part of the shi'ur. Uh, and therefore, that's not measured to, to the shi'ur of uh, uh, how big it is, legabeh, you measure it, uh, the sheda outside the shi'ur of the mukhni. Let's read that in Nashi. Uh, if it can hold, she then gives us the dry measure as well. Um, I'm reading now on the second wide line in Nashi. What does that mean? We look at it as if it's the shida itself is uh, submerged in a bigger vessel. And if the bigger vessel can hold even though the shida uh, does not hold because uh, it itself, the, 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 the airspace cannot hold it. However, we're holding that you also include the shiur of the walls. The kasabat af'uvyan nimdad ima. 
So if you count the walls, it'll add to the space of it, even though it, it's not really containment space, but it actually takes up takes up some area. So the bit that holds you count that as part of the shiur. Uh, the point is you don't count the wheel because since the wheel can be removed, it's not uh, included. Lastly, uh, or not lastly, the Mishnah then continues. Uh, now let's say you have uh, kelim that are in this muchni, uh, kelim that are tehorim. So if the muchni has the certain shiur, so since it itself is not mekabel tumah, so it also saves uh, tumah from coming in. And therefore, let's say they brought this mukhni into a, uh, a cemetery. It's the case that she brings over here. Uh, it's not going to be uh, susceptible uh, to tum'ah, to the shida itself. Again, this is considered a, an ohel that will separate uh, from the tum'ah between, let's say, uh, a met or a kever, it'll be considered a separation that the tum'ah cannot uh, go in. It's a hefsik. Now, if this sheda that we're talking about has the shi'ud, that's not mekabel tum'ah, and it was passing through the cemetery, uh, it's considered like a, like an ohel, and it saves the kelim that are there or the people that are in there from receiving a tum'ah. Uh, the hadush of here is, even though it's a moving ohel, a moving oil is considered an oil, and since it itself is not susceptible, it saves whatever's inside of it. However, uh, the Mishnah's Lashon was, the Mukhni will not have that same deen. Because since the Mukhni is uh, removable, so therefore it's not considered a deen like the uh, Shida itself. And therefore, if let's say you have a Kelim that are... Um, on the side of the agala, you know, above the muhni, you know, um, they're protruding, let's say, outside the side of the agala, and they're on top of the uh, muhni, so therefore they become tameh from the deen of uh, oil amit. Because since the muhni is not considered part of the agala, it's considered a kli on its own, and therefore it's going to be mekabel uh, tumah, doesn't have the shiur of arba'im se'ah, and therefore cannot separate between the tumah. That's the way that she learns. If you wanted to see that in Nashi, that she says, "Ve'ena matzelit ima be'ohel amet, dima sheda mahzeket mem se'a, de'ena mekabelit tumah matzelit be'ohel amet." Ve'havi oil le'atzma. Fine. This is talking about the gunch nichnesa lebet kevarot. And the hadu, we're not talking about if it goes into a house. If it goes into a house, it has a roof on top of it so the tumah cannot go in. But in a cemetery, we're talking about where the tumah can come in from the sides, but since it itself does not become tameh, so therefore it doesn't metameh what's inside of it. But the mukhni itself uh, will be uh, a problem because it is considered separate. Now we get to one mohalacha, ve'en gorerin ota b'shabbat, Here's our point. That you're not allowed to roll the agala, 
wield the agala uh, on Shabbat when there is money on the muchni. This muchni obviously had a bit kibul, has a place where you could put stuff on it. <clears throat> so if you put uh, in this bet kibul, in this receptacle area, if you put money on it, so therefore you cannot roll the uh, agala on Shabbat. Why? Because the muchni obviously becomes a basis, the dvar asud, and therefore it's going to be forbidden to roll even the agala. Now, the explanation over here is is that if you place money on the muchni, the muchni becomes a basis the dvar asud, and you're not going to be able to actually wheel the entire agala, because by moving the agala, you're moving the uh, the muchni. However. That's only talking about where you're able to remove it. It's considered a separate entity. Therefore, it becomes a basis. However, if the mukti was attached to the agala and you cannot remove it, so then it's not considered a separate entity. Ela, it's a part of the agala. And therefore, you cannot consider uh, it a basis, l'dvad ha'isud. Uh, and therefore, furthermore, you cannot consider the agala also a basis because the money is not in the agala itself. It's only on the mukti. So therefore, uh, in that case, uh, it'll be uh, permissible. That she says over here, no, that she. But the question over here is um, now. Gemara finishes the question. Ha in aleha maot sharia. Now the assumption is that if there is no money on this muhni, you'll be able to move the agala. Afalgav da havu ale ben hashemashot. Is the question, even though the money was on it throughout Ben Hashemashot. Well, that's the uh, assumption. Uh, which means uh, to let the language of the Mishnah is that it sounds like that to make this Mukhti a basis is imyesh alea ma'ot olo. Whether it has money on it uh, or not. Uh if it doesn't have any money on it, it sounds like it's okay. I don't care if it had money on it during Ben Hashemashot. So that's the question. It's a long question. Let's just review it and get uh, the point that we need over here. Uh, it's actually a simple question, just that it's a long uh, Mishnah to get to the question. Basically, you gave me a rule that something that becomes a base for the Mukseh is forbidden as long as that uh, mukseh was on it throughout Ben Hashemashot. Uh, if, uh, if it was not, uh, 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 even though after Ben Hashemashot it's off, it doesn't matter. The deen is once it's on uh, Ben Hashemashot. However, from this uh, Mishnah in Kelim, it's mashma that Ben Hashemashot has no factor. It's only going to be a basis if it's on it, mamash. And if it's not on it, it's not going to be a basis. I don't care if the money was on the muhni going through Ben Hashemashot. So that's the Gemara's question. The Gemara answers, Hahi Rabbi Shimon hi delet le Back to Rabbi Shimon. That Mishnah in Masechet Kelim is going according to Rabbi Shimon. Rashi says, that although the money itself clearly is mukseh, the Bishwan holds money is mukseh. Although, don't get fooled when we say that the Bishwan says, let le mukseh, that there's no of any type of mukseh. Money that she says clearly, ma'ot, lo hazumidi, umud, the Bishwan, the odan alav asud, that as long as the money's on it, 
that Mukhtin is going to be Asur, but it doesn't have to be on it, uh, 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 only when it's on it. I don't care if it was on it, Ben Hashem Asur, if after Ben Hashem Asur, it, it, it fell off, so according to the B Shimon, it's going to be uh, permissible. The Ben Hashem Asur is not a factor according to the B Shimon. Only factor is Mitziut. Is it on it or not? Uh, and therefore, uh, the, the Mishnah in Kedim is a B Shimon. That a B Kvirav, Rav, that mentioned this uh, bed with the money on it, Ben Hashem Ashot, that's Osed, the bed, the whole Shabbat, even if the money fell off afterwards, is following the Shitab Rabbi Yehuda, that holds it all depends what happened with Knisat Shabbat. Now, there's an interesting Ha'ara, uh, uh, an observation I'd like to make over here, that we learned earlier on this stuff that Rabbi Shimon was more there on something that you don't anticipate to change uh, its status. So, Ben Hashem Ashot, if it's Mukseh, it remains Mukseh the rest of Shabbat. Remember the case of Kos Ke'ara. Uh, Rabbi Shimon clearly said, if you have a big Kos, you fill it up with oil, and Ben Hashem Ashot, it was lit, your mind is it's not going to go out. And therefore, we say it's Mukseh for the rest of the Shabbat, as opposed to a Ned that you anticipate it's going to go out. So he said he doesn't care. And after it goes out, it'll be permissible. But Lechaura, why don't you say the same thing over here? If the money was on the bed, Ben Hashem Ashot, so the Chavra, maybe you don't anticipate it going off the bed like you don't anticipate the Ner or the, the Kos <coughs> extinguishing. So we have to make a, uh, a Hiluk. Why is the Kos Mukseh after it goes out? And this uh, bed over here uh, is not. Once the money falls off the bed, we say it's still uh, permissible. The bed becomes permissible. So you have to say that um, the difference is is that you don't take your mind off the bed uh, from using it because even though you might not be able to take the money off the bed, uh, but maybe uh, a baby could take it off or a goy might take it off, therefore his mind is still on it uh, to use it. Therefore, uh, the ner, you don't think anybody's going uh, to uh, extinguish it. Mashiachin, uh, you have more anticipation on the on the bed case, so therefore uh, he'll hold that once the money falls off the bed or gets off the bed somehow on Shabbat, it returns back to being non mukseh But the Biyudah doesn't matter. The Biyudah says so long as it goes into Shabbat, it remains mukseh So the Gebarah says, It makes sense to say this, that what? That Rav Let's just review. Rav was the one that said, that if the money was on the bed throughout the Ben Hashem Ashot, it becomes Mukseh, that bed, Dol Shabbat. I don't care if the money fell off. Because of course, the Ben Hashem Ashot. Now, Rav holds like the Rabbi Yehuda. Where do we see this? So the Gemara brings a beautiful proof. The Amar Rav. Manichim ner al gabed dekel be Shabbat. Ve'en manichim ner al gabed dekel be Yom Tov. So Rav came along and said, you're allowed to place a ner on a tree before Shabbat to let it light there on the tree over Shabbat. But you cannot uh, put a ner on a tree uh, before Yom Tov uh, to, to, to light. Now let's just give one uh, review of a halakha that we know already. You're not allowed to use a tree, not on Shabbat and not on uh, Yom Tov. You can't climb it and you can't use it, you can't take something from a uh, tree that's considered using it, 
<coughs> okay, fine. Now we have to try to figure out why would it be you, uh, uh, why would Rav allow you to put this ner on a tree uh, on Erev Shabbat, leave it there the whole Shabbat, but he would not allow you to put a ner on a tree for Yom Tov. So the Gebarah asks, I amad, or the Gebarah says, I amad de Rav. Could it be Yehuda's If you hold that Rav holds it, could be Yehuda. Hainu deshane ben Shabbat de Yom Tov. We know the difference. The difference is obvious. Because if you hold that since this ner was lit on Erev Shabbat and it went through Ben Hashem Ashur, it becomes Mukseh the whole Shabbat. So there's no hashash that you might take it off the tree. So if I could put it on a tree and there's no hashash, you might come to use the tree by taking it off because it's Mukseh. Whereas according to uh, Yom, in Yom Tov, a ner is not Mukseh. So since a ner is not Mukseh, if you're going to put it on a tree on Erev Yom Tov, you're allowed to use a ner. You might come to you, take it off the tree, and therefore you're using the tree. So I understand the difference between Yom Tov and Shabbat, because on Shabbat the ner becomes mukseh since it was lit through Ben Hashem Ashot. Therefore there's no hashash, you're going to come to take it off the tree. That works according to the Be'uda. However, <laughs> but if you hold like the Shimon, Mali Shabbat, Mali Yom Tov, there shouldn't be a difference, because in both cases it's not mukseh. Because once it extinguishes according to the Bisham on, I don't care if it was that Ben Hashem Ashot, he's matirin. So therefore it should be forbidden to put it in the tree on Shabbat also because she might come to take it off on Shabbat just like you'll take it off on Yom Tov. So therefore for the fact that Rav makes a chinook between Shabbat and Yom Tov, that shows us he must hold like Rabbi Yehuda. So it's interesting, comes out, the Humrah of Rabbi Yehuda brings him to a kula. The Humrah that he holds, that's something that was lit, Throughout Ben Hashem Ashot, makes it say, the whole Shabbat, even after it extinguishes, allows you to put, put it on the tree before Shabbat. Because you're not Hoshesh, you're going to take it off the tree. The Humrah uh, 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 is, the, is the ultimate Kula. Uh, let's just read that in Nashi for a second. Manihim uh, Ner, top line on Mem Amud Hishom, Be'od Yom, Agabe Dekel, Be'edlak Shem Be'Shabbat, Leka Lemehash. There's no suspicion that she yichbeh. Lishkele that you're going to take it when it extinguishes me there. But you're going to come to use the tree. The keban the axiel edvada. So once it's already mukseh for the isur ben Hashem Ashot, it can say lekol yomah. Ve'en manihing bo biyom tov, but you can't put it there on yom tov on the tree because the shakilu mana because you're going to use it. Mishnah mes beila. Comes the Gemara and says, wait, verav kere biyudas virale. Does Rav indeed hold like the biyuda? That's Mahmir, that once something was lit throughout the Benesh Mashur, it becomes Muqsir the whole Shabbat. They asked the following question to Rav. Uh, we learned earlier, if you remember, that there was these uh, Persians, it's the name of a uh, Ummah. Tosfot uh, reminds us. Um, that, um, and I quote, uh, on their holiday, uh, and we learned that uh, they only allowed Nerot in their Bet Avodah Zara. They wouldn't let Nerot to be lit anywhere else. So the question over here is, they asked Rav, are you uh, allowed to move the Ner Hanukkah um, in front of these, um, you know, uh, 
Habara people, because it's some sort of sakanaf. They see that you put a ned in front of your window or outside, so they're going to come and they're going to come and attack you. So Tosfot comes along and says that the reason why they asked this question by Ner Hanukkah, why didn't they just ask on Ner Shabbat? Could you move the Ner Shabbat in front of these guys? So he says, Meshum de letzorich achila men menechim lahem. He's v'afagav de b'sha'at ha-sak, again, umay de b'kamil v'ner Hanukkah tafim v'ner Shabbat, Meshum de letzorich achila hayu menechim lahem. Right, which means the Shabbat, that's for tzorich achila. That's for eating purposes. Okay, the Habara didn't care. They would care that you could not light a ner for religious purposes. And ner Hanukkah is not for, not for illumination. So therefore they were more mahmir on a ner, uh, ner Hanukkah. Fine. So what was the question I asked Rav? Basically, you lit this ner Hanukkah, and now you want to move it. Now, after it, after it extinguished, you don't want the Habara to see that you lit the ner over there. So you want to move the menorah. Now, according to the B, according to the Rav, who holds like the B, Yehuda, it's Mukseh. It was lit by Hashem Ashot, it's Mukseh. Amar Lehu Shapir Dameh, he told him, no problem. Oh, so no problem. So that sounds like he holds like the B Shimon. How can he hold like uh, uh, the B Yehuda? The B Yehuda would be all said that. Sha'at Adahak Shani. Oh, this was Sha'at Adahak. This was considered excruciating circumstances. Deha Amru Rav Kana Rav Asher Rav. They asked, uh, they told Rav, Hachi Hilcheta, is this permissible? I thought you hold like Rabbi Yehuda. Amar Lehu, so Rav answered them, Kedai Hu Rabbi Shimon, Nesmoch Alav, Bish'ata Dahak. You could rely on Rabbi Shimon, Bish'ata Dahak. Rabbi Shimon, Bar Yochai, you can rely on him, Bish'ata Dahak. Now, the question over here is, what was the issue over here? So that she says, uh, again, I'm reading that she is similar to Tosafah, they don't want to see the menorah in the Hasid, uh, like we learned, you put it by the Rishut Rabim, in front of the Hasid, they're going to know that Anir was lit, and him and they made a Gezerah not to be to be madlik. Ina meb yom hagam, like Tosfot said, en menechim ladik or, ele bebet avodah zara. So, Rashi says, who this habreshem uma, hachil cheta, b'sha'at adah. Look at Rashi's lashon here, but that is the problem here now. Rashi says, b'sha'at adah, sakana. Now, what kind of sakana is this over here? If you're going to tell me that this sakana is sakana pikuah nefesh, so I don't need a heter, Everybody would be mekel to move this menorah if it was sakana pikuach nefesh. So you have to say that the sakana that she's referring to over means sakana that they're going to beat them, they beat the Jew up, or they're going to take his money, or they're going to do some sort of you know loss like that that's not entailing sakana nefashot. Because if it's sakana pikuach nefesh, that's one way of understanding Gadashi. However, there's a very, very big Hadush that I want to tell you now from uh, Rav Shlomo Kluger. It's in uh, his Hagahot, the Shohan Aruch and Siman Shin Chavtet. He says something incredible. He has a She'ela 
if a person, we know pikuach nefesh is duhay Shabbat, but what if a person put himself in the pikuach nefesh? The person who deliberately put himself in pikuach nefesh, do we then allow him to be duhay Shabbat? And he says that he has a proof that you would not be able to be duhay Shabbat. And his proof is this case over here. He's, what's the case over here? He says, this guy over here was supposed to like the menorah. He knew that the, uh, the, 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 the it was because what even says that we learned in the previous Pirakim that Sha'at Sakana you take the menorah, you put it on your table. This guy didn't listen. <coughs> he put the menorah outside. Now, the Chaurah, you did it you did it to yourself. In this case over here, you put yourself in pikuach nefesh. You put yourself in pikuach nefesh, really, you should not be allowed to do it. That's why the Gemara has to say, Kedaihu Rabbi Shimon Nesmoch Alav. Without Rabbi Shimon, in the Chenami, would not be allowed to move this over here. Why is pikuach nefesh? She says, Sekana. Yeah, but it's a Sekana, you put yourself in the predicament. You put yourself in the predicament, we don't give you the heter. Which is an incredible hadush over here. It's a din of mukseh, and doesn't matter. You you put yourself in in, in danger. We're not going to even be halal Shabbat. Oh, so that's why the rabbi has to say no. Kedai would be Shimon. According to Shimon, it's not mukseh. So therefore, you have a heter. But if it wasn't for that, we would tell the person that uh, he has no heter. Uh, and that's what, based on the way Tosfot understands the case, because Tosfot says hacha ma'ili. Uh, the case of his talking about you didn't place it on the table, so you're negligent. You should have put it on the table inside. Why'd you put it outside? Uh, he says over here, or oh, they made a, uh, they made a takana not to light near Hanukkah, like Rashi said. They made a takana, no, no, no lighting, and he lit anyway. If they made a takana not to light, you lit anyway. You put yourself in that takana. Uh, so therefore, uh, the Rishon Kogu has a proof from over here that although. Pikuach nefesh is docheh, but not a pikuach nefesh that a person put himself uh, into. Okay, we'll stop over here. Baruch Hashem, Amen, Amen.